Hello everyone. Welcome to our weekly episode of Limitless Podcast, a place where we bring together global leaders in sales and marketing. My name is Nikhil and I'm the host of Limitless Podcast. We just interviewed Stephen Farnsworth from Outreach. Stephen is currently the head of partnerships at Outreach. He's held multiple positions at Outreach, ranging from being an SDR to transitioning into a managerial role in the sales development function. To tell you a little bit more about Outreach, Outreach is a leading sales engagement platform that has recently become a unicorn. Before joining Outreach, Stephen was the corporate strategy manager at Tricoa, and he's also currently mentoring Bravado. Stephen and I talked about how partnerships is a crucial GTM strategy and how early stage businesses can leverage these partnerships. Before we dive into this conversation, this episode is brought to you by HippoVideo. Hippo Video is the leading video engagement platform for B2B sales teams. Your prospects get a lot of mundane text-based sales emails every day. That's the reason most of your sales outreach gets ignored. So how do you stand out from the crowd, seek their attention and engage in building relationships? Record a video using Hippo Video, send it to your prospects to show them you're real and that you mean business. Use Hippo Video to crush sales quotas by signing up on hippovideo.io. Now, let's listen in to this exciting episode with Stephen Ponsworth. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks a lot, Stephen. So, uh, before we get into, uh, you know, the discussion points here, we would like to understand a little bit about your uh, career journey so far and, uh, you know, what you guys and what do you do at uh, Outreach? Yeah, yeah. Happy to share more. Um, so first off, I've, I've been at Outreach for about, uh, gosh, almost three years now. Um, I came after doing corporate strategy for a few years at an insurance company um, in the Pacific Northwest in the U.S., um, Portland, Oregon, um, and started to just kind of feel an itch to get into something a little bit faster moving, like get into kind of one of these young tech companies and see if they, if uh, honestly, I, I was at a point in my life where it could have been fun to be, do something really risky. Um, it was, it was a, you know, no kids, not much family, no real commitments yet. So I was like, Hey, I could, I could move across the country. I could move and, and see what happened to, um, whether the company decided to go crazy or if it went bust. And, um, thankfully it, it's gone crazy. We've, uh, we've probably, um, since I joined, we will have almost 10 X revenue and ARR. Um, and we will have, um, about four X in size from an employee standpoint. And, um, that'll again, get even more dramatic this year. Um, so I came from corporate strategy and I, I just didn't really understand the tech world, but loved the idea of this, of this product and joined outreach actually as one of their first SDRs in Seattle, um, in their kind of headquarters and didn't know what an SDR really was. I just thought something was sales and let's just do it and where I'm going to be using the product every day. And so I think I can get back into a more a strategic role, um, soon. And so I joined as an SDR, ended up managing the SDR team in Seattle and then, uh, took over some of kind of a more of a partner manager role for um, some time. And then uh, I, I lead partnerships now from a, a product standpoint, from uh, kind of product marketing, go to market and uh, all things like biz dev relationship, really anything partnerships today uh, ends up falling up, uh, falling under my wheelhouse and my team's wheelhouse. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, great uh, career path there, uh, Stephen. So congratulations once again on, you know, becoming a unicorn now, a recent unicorn. Yeah. 
yeah so that was uh, great news again and yeah you mentioned mm -hmm. uh, something about now because i know you uh, because you mentioned mm -hmm. about uh, uh, you know having no kids and taking that risk and now becoming a yeah. father so congratulations on that development thank you as well so um, yeah it was just a couple of weeks ago so it's it's a i probably wouldn't make that same jump <laughs> that same risk now yeah, going forward, I, yeah. I did it when i did exactly yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, now that you mentioned that you've taken up a, a bigger role at uh, outreach and you mentioned about how you're heading the uh, you know the uh, integrations uh, department there so uh, for a lot of viewers uh, or a lot of listeners out there uh, do you recommend, uh, you know, integrations as a GDM strategy? And if that is the case, then how do you choose an integration partner? Now, let us say there are a lot of uh, SaaS companies out there. Do you have kind of a framework on how you choose an integration partner? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I'll say um, my answer is probably very different depending on the situation. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think first off, I think you need to go in with your eyes wide open um, as you're looking at just who you integrate with in the first place. Like, I think every single partner that you could potentially choose from or that you're going to invest in um, is going to have a, like a, a very different level of how much they'll support you in that. Mm -hmm. So for us, I think we're, we're, we're a relatively small company at Outreach. Um, like it's, it's still small, we're very much a startup, but at the same point in time amongst sales tech companies, we're actually quite large. There aren't many that are like real, real unicorns in the space. Yeah. I think there are only a few that have really been dubbed unicorns amongst like dedicated sales tech. And so for us, I mean, if it's a, if it's a smaller company than us, which is generally what we see that's, that's trying to integrate with us. Um, I think what, what, what I try to help set expectations with a lot of these companies like early on is, Hey, if you're going to integrate with outreach, first off, there's a lot of benefits to us. Like we like having an ecosystem around us. We like to have our, our customers have lots of choice and in, in different tools that they can use that enhance their outreach experience mm -hmm. and help make the, the outreach usage more sticky and even, even more effective. Um, what I'll say is, is I also am pretty clear with, you know, most of the partners that we have that come in and um, request API access and want to start building into us that, that they need to be making that decision to build that integration in the first place because they, they believe at their core that there's a business opportunity to do that that doesn't require outreach to do a lot. <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm saying is essentially is, hey, if we do something, if outreach is going to help you, if we're going to market with you, we're going to sell with you, we're going to, you know, whatever, the, we're going to develop more product with you, like that should be great. Like that should just be kind of, the cherry on top right now, if you see a business opportunity, jump in, do it, that's fine. And we're going to help. And to be clear, there may be other partners in the space that make it easier for you that say, Oh yeah, we will do X, Y, Z, you know, ABC based on you even deciding to partner with us. In some cases it's an outbound motion where you're trying to drive integration. I, I get called all the time by companies looking for us to build into them. Mm -hmm. And I think in each case, there's, there's kind of a different value prop we're solving for. And I think it's really, I think that's a long way of saying um, before you start the dev work, I think you should understand the level of support you're going to get. Yeah. And then so that you can go into the partnership eyes wide open of what am I going to get from this company? Like realistically. And then from there you can make the decision on, okay, you know what? There is a compelling of enough need or compelling of enough, enough customer base that we have that makes it worthwhile for me to build this integration. Exactly. Now, uh, what you said actually makes a lot of sense because 
you know that actually uh, leads into my next question so you have uh, that rare experience of uh, you know being there when outreach was a small company to now when uh, outreach has become this uh, unicorn all right mm -hmm. so you've been uh, there when outreach was an smb pitching to bigger uh, you know uh, uh, partners, tech uh, giants, like let us say a Salesforce to build into Salesforce. Mm -hmm. And now you are mm -hmm. at a place where there are other smaller companies who are looking to build an integration with Outreach. All right. Yep. So, so what do you uh, say should be the expectation from, you know, an SAB who's looking to build into an uh, Outreach? All right. So yeah. because you've yeah. been on both sides of the table. So that is why this yep. is relevant. Yeah, I think, um, I think there needs to be a, a high level of self-awareness on where you sit at the table, <laughs> first of all. So um, you're right, in the, in the earlier days for us, and to be clear, again, we're, we're relatively small compared to a lot of the companies that we could integrate with. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just an awareness of where am I at the table? Am I the small player or am I the big player? And so for us, in the earlier days, we were more often the small players. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say even now, we're... we're we're not far off, and we'll give you a little early preview, but we're not far off from announcing, from finalizing our um, integration with Microsoft Dynamics. Mm -hmm. Now, Dynamics is actually a pretty small CRM as compared to Salesforce and others, mm -hmm. only with, I think, around 3 or 4% of the market, but it's still Microsoft at the end of the day. And so for us, when I work with them, I have to recognize that this is Microsoft. Like, they are much, much, much bigger, like, them sending a social post or something that seems very simple to me, like a little tweet about our integration, like that can move the needle for me. Um, and so I need to, I need to be prepared first of all, that for them not to do much, but, but hopefully those little things that they can do can be useful. And I need to be prepared to do all the work. Like you just have to, again, walk in and be like, I'm, I'm going to do 95% of this. And I'm going to hope that if I make that an easy experience for this other much larger partner, that they'll do a couple things that will be really useful for me. And so I give the same advice to all the companies that are integrating in with us today is, you know, huge chance that if you're a small little company trying to integrate with outreach, first of all, you're going to get a lot of FaceTime with us. We care about you. We're going to, we're going to help you and we're going to work with you. But at the end of the day, if you want to really invest from a go-to-market standpoint and working with outreach, most like I am going to make you do most of the work. Um, just that's what's going to happen. There are going to be some instances, obviously, that are exceptions where maybe th there's some really compelling gap that you solve that maybe competitively we aren't handling very well, or you know that you you solve something that we really want to do in the future. In which case, we might double down on you. And there are instances where there are small little companies where I've spent you know a, a disproportionate amount of time on integrations and supporting their go-to-market efforts based on the things that they've done. Got it. Exactly. So uh, when, uh, uh, you know, these smaller players are integrating with you and when you are integrating with, you know, bigger players out there, what do you look for? Do you look for uh, visibility or do you look for uh, revenue as a metric? And how do you categorize these uh, integrations? Now, I, I understood that, you know, I've asked you two questions, but first yeah. thing is, what, what what do you work on? Do you work on the revenue numbers that you generate from these integrations or is it mm -hmm. uh, visibility? Let's uh, answer that first. Yeah, I would, I would say, first of all, it's every single one's going to be different. I think the point is, is for you to understand the goal going in. Like there are going to be integrations that you say this is going to be very revenue driven. Um, for us, like this, this Microsoft Dynamics release that we're doing, like we, 
we saw a market, enough of a market that says, man, we really want to move towards winning some dynamics customers. So there is like a revenue goal attached to us doing that in the first place. At the same point in time, it's also very product driven because for us, we've long, like long been a single CRM solution just with Salesforce. And for us, we, in order for us to be the, you know, big multi-billion dollar company we want to be, we need to be CRM agnostic. And that's something that um, we're, we're, we're moving more towards. So I think for us, I just have an, it's understanding that for a lot of the, um, you know, frankly, you, you know, hippo video, what you guys do, you guys are awesome in the sense that there's, there's a huge need for people who are using sales engagement systems and platforms well to be more targeted, more, you know, there's this always this kind of this discussion on balance and, and, and uh, personalization between like automation. And I think um, there either end of the spectrum is, is probably wrong. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be, uh, I think really balanced in your approach and understand what works. And for us, like, there's, there's a, a number of video vendors that have really hit the, hit the stage and they're attacking things in their own way. And so for us, like we, we don't, we probably don't look at an integration like Hippo Video, which is a really well done integration and say, oh, I expect that I'm going to see a certain amount of revenue come from that. Like it's, for me, it's a, it's, it's just the fact that you're solving um, upfront a, you know, customer need in the first place. But on the flip side, you guys may, if you decide to double down and say, you know what, there's few sales engagement platforms out there and we think that outreach is our most compelling opportunity. I probably would look and say, you know, I want to have a, either a revenue goal or like a you know number of user goal within a certain period of time that says I've hit this. I've not only built an integration for outreach, which is, can be an expensive thing to do from a you know, dev resource allocation, yeah. but I've also made sure that I've aligned my go-to-market efforts whether outreach is going to help me or not, I'm going to do so internally so that I can actually capture this market. And that's, I, you know, I think you guys have, have done a good job at that. And that's, again, it's the more you are succeed at that. And this is, is kind of a chicken before the egg scenario, but like the more you succeed at working with outreach customers, the more that outreach is going to look at you and say, this seems like a valuable integration. I see a lot of people use this, you know, I will help them go to the next level. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Answer. So uh, that leads into my uh, next question. So do you have uh, separate teams which work on, you know, these revenue integrations and visibility integrations, or is it the same uh, team that works on, uh, you know, them as well? Yeah. yeah, I would say, first of all, um, we aren't, there are a lot of companies out there that are very like integration driven in terms of how they, they build product. Like, integration platforms as a service, for example, you know, the Zapiers and Trays and, you know, whole.io's of the world, like they, that's their, their bag, right? That's all they do. So their teams, I'm sure they have very nuanced product teams that have goals based on that. For us, uh, it, generally, when we're going to build integrations, we're going to focus on two things. One is we may just have a product initiative that has nothing to do with integrations, but because we're solving some gap, that means we ought to align with some other companies that will help us in that capacity. And so we're going that, you know, our product team is, it's generally just a, a regular old product team with its own initiative that doesn't typically work with integrations, but they, we get involved. I get involved because it's something where we think a partner can help. I think on the, on the flip side though, there are, there are times when um, there are for us, we, we really try not to build like a single integration. Mm -hmm. We try really hard to build with anything, an API framework that allows us to extend some capability within outreach that then multiple can 
multiple parties can access. And um, for us, that's, I, I think a focus for us is we have a team, oops, there goes my light. Um, we have a team that focuses heavily on just the kind of extending the platform via our API. Got it, got it, excellent. So uh, that brings uh, to my next question. Now that we have understood what works and you know how to build that integration framework and you know get those uh, integrations built into the system, uh, we would like to know a little bit more about how you plan a GDM strategy with you know those partners. Mm -hmm. So how, mm -hmm. uh, uh, let us say we are a startup. All right, and we have built into uh, you know an outreach. What would be your advice to, and how do we look at this particular strategy as a GDM? And once the integration is built, how to take it to market? Yeah, um, it's a great question. Uh, I think that um, whether you know, whether there's a published like tiering system, like a level system of what type of partner you are externally, you may have something where it's clear as day where you fall um, in like the priorities of the partner. In other instances, it may not be something that's public, but you know, you, you should be sure that in the background, you know, internally, there is a company that's the company that you're integrated in with kind of looks at you and, and levels you out against other partners in general. And so they, I would, I would advise that if you don't have this, you understand what it is that matters to you from a partner standpoint and then have a essentially a template of what you would do for each level of partner. So for us, I think there's, we have a, we have a launch, I think, uh, you know, pretty by now, now that we've, I've, I've launched in my couple of years in this role, like I've, we've launched probably 60 integrations wow. and in that, in that level of integrations, there are a lot of them where there, you know, we have a very templated, pretty easy launch process that we can do over and over again for some of the smaller partners that were that again it's very useful for them and it doesn't take a lot of resources from us that's perfect um there are there are um our annual user conference is in april april 7th to the 9th it's, uh, called unleash that conference um there are big announcements big product announcements and product product keynotes that we're probably not going to air a lot of our integrations in that keynote, like just only a couple that maybe really move the needle or really matter to us, um, will we talk about? And so I think it's just understanding, again, understanding what your kind of general partner program looks like, which partners you should double down with. And then from there, be very customized with kind of the top level. And then the rest, you need to have more of a script to how to work with. And so, and I think partners, I, I do think even some partners that are very small, um, kind of very small tier, the very kind of young, startups that work with us i think a great thing to do and i sometimes this can be a little bit annoying frankly but just asking and asking us what are the options that are available like i'll take you through it um you'd be surprised at how often people don't really ask and they just maybe they they ask for a lot on the product side but once it comes down to the go to market they um just kind of say okay great thanks like and and that's it and no and if it, you know, for me that's fine. Cause again, I don't, I don't need to spend a lot of my time on these sorts of things, but every once in a while, but every once in a while, I was like, Oh, I would, we would have done more. Like we, we could have done a social post. We could have, you know, if you'd done some blog posts or something, we would have, we would have amplified it. Like there's, there's a lot we're willing to do if you make it easy for us. Got it. Understood. So now that you mentioned that you have a small uh, template that you, uh, you know, take it through your partners, can you actually get into that a little bit more just to understand, you know, what are the steps that you as outreach does with uh, you know the gdm plan with you know the partnerships yeah 
So, I mean, I would say that we're not anything special. Like we, I would say that we follow very, uh, the script a lot of others do. And that can be as simple as, um, you know, we we probably aren't going to do a lot of the, again, the lift on our end for a lot of the smaller integrations, but you can imagine things like a blog post, social post, customer email newsletter inclusions. Um, we're going to, you know, I, we don't do this often, but you could do an in-app notification of some sort. You could announce it at a, at a conference like we're doing. We can, um, you know, we'll do occasionally case studies or webinars with partners and even, even something like a webinar we've, we've done, uh, this sounds so simple, but we've made a lot of progress in our partner marketing efforts just by like understanding our webinar process. Like we have very clear processes of, Hey, there are certain types of partners that outreach will host on our webinar. And we have a very clear list of like process and expectations. If you do that on the flip side, if someone wants to do a webinar with us, I have a very clear process for here's what you're like, what you're going to do and here's what outreach is willing to do. And then it's, up to the partner to kind of self-select in because they're willing to do that or self-select out because it's not something they're willing to do. And so I would say that I, I really, if you were to look online, I'm sure any, how to launch a product, forget any sort of integration, what's a product marketing launch process, that process is going to be probably 95% the same as us. Um, I do think there's some interesting things you can do with like LinkedIn and, and some social platforms today. And that, that, and that, um, I think are, are a little bit more unique mm-hmm. um, and certain companies do a really good job at utilizing some of these newer channels um, at launching products. Got it. Awesome. So uh, now that we understand how these partnerships work and, you know, you have a clear plan of, uh, you know, how to take these partnerships to market and you give this uh, amazing options that, you know, depending on, you know, the size and scale of the company, they can actually choose mm-hmm. from. Uh, now, do you have a few examples where some of these, uh, uh, you know, partnerships have worked and, you know, could you, could you take us through some of those examples? Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's what I'll first say. Um, every, I think, I think a really important thing going into this is understanding who the person is that you're working with at the other company and understand what their, um, their motivation is. For me, I often work with lots of, you know, I'll, I'll work just based on my role, I'll work with you know, product leadership at a company or the BD leadership or the marketing leadership. It can be very different in terms of who I work with. And I think generally when you have it more segmented, you understand where people are coming from. Um, for me and for, for outreach, like there isn't as a, there isn't a huge ecosystem or a huge group of people that you're working with. You're generally pointed back to me somehow. And for me, it's important. Like I roll up under marketing. Like I'm under marketing and I work really heavily with products. So actually I, my, my internally at outreach, I'm in product marketing. And so for me, I'm less worried about like specific opportunities that come in, like revenue opportunities that come in, um, like maybe a BD manager would, like where they're, they care a lot about like the specific opportunities they can drive from partners. Now, do I track that and do I like those? Absolutely. Like for me, I care a lot about you know, how big of a, how big of a marketing opportunity is this? Like, is, is this a company's brand that if I'm aligned with, I will get more awareness mm-hmm. um, or, or from me, from a product standpoint, I care a lot about what the customer needs and wants and has asked for. And so we build and, and focus our integrations there. So, sorry, I don't know if I, that answered your question, but like for, for me, I know what my motivations are. And so I think getting on the same page is, is very helpful with these partners. Yeah, no, it was actually perfect. So you uh, always have to look at integration opportunities as a BD opportunity. And that is what a lot of businesses lack. So 
uh, how I uh, what I feel about uh, partnerships is like you know there are a lot of companies that build these great uh, partnerships, but they lack that acumen to take it to market. So uh, you know understanding that every integration. Uh, you know, acts like a BD opportunity, a separate BD opportunity, which can generate its own revenue stream is actually a great uh, advice. So uh, thanks, Stephen, for that. That brings us to a close, uh, you know, of this particular podcast. So before I uh, let you go, just wanted to understand if our, uh, you know, listeners wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, actually, um... I think generally at the end of this, you say, hey, follow me on LinkedIn, which, yeah, please go ahead, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm actually really bad with my LinkedIn messages. Okay. I'm maniacal about my email. And so I would say, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, if there's something for us to, to, to connect on deeper, um, get, see if, you'll get, if I'll give you my email via LinkedIn, and then that's the way to actually connect with me. I, I've, everyone's different, but the email works really great for me. But start, start with LinkedIn. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, the last question, uh, what are your uh, goals for 2020? So personal, I understand, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you've got a great development uh, in your family, but what about uh, your professional goals for 2020? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep my baby alive on the personal side. That's, I think that's just, that's next. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, professionally, I think we um, we're in a, a really kind of a lucky spot where, we've have an ecosystem that's growing around us and we have a lot of interest in from a lot of companies for working with us. And I, I don't know if we've done a great job yet really scaling some of our efforts. And so, um, and part of that means honestly creating barriers to working with us. So that only the, the right companies are coming through the door. Um, my 2020, my 2020 goals are very much focused on how do, how do I scale myself and how do I scale my team to focus on the things that matter. Got it. Excellent. Excellent goals for uh, 2020, uh, Stephen. Thanks a lot for joining us on another episode of Limitless Podcast. And I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Okay. Thank you. That was Stephen Farnsworth from Outrage. Interesting episode uh, there and really good insights driven by Stephen there. Uh, some of the key points that I really liked were, you know, you have to find out about the G GTM opportunities available before integrating with your partner because these GTM opportunities help you and your platform as well. Align your goals with the level of support that is offered before integrating with a partner. If you're an SMB integrating into a mid-market or an enterprise uh, product, be prepared to do all the heavy lifting in terms of go-to-market strategy and promotions. The value delivered to the partner uh, partner's customers is directly proportional to the support offered by them. And always, always look at integration opportunities as business development opportunities. Thank you everyone for listening. Stay tuned to our weekly episodes uh, with more sales and marketing leaders from around the globe. We are on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Just type Limitless Podcast and we'll show up. And yes, if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Until next week, guys. Bye-bye. Hey!